Hello and welcome to Ep 3 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. I am your host, Robbie Cox. We have a great show for you guys today. We talk the ups and downs of competition. We talk a little bit of Commonwealth Games as well as some big adventures that our special guest has coming up. So fix your headphones, make sure the volume in your car speakers is up because Ep 3 of Off The Blocks starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Noten's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Madame Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Phelps in the black hats, and Phelps has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe on the hall. Thorpe goes in. Joining me today on the show, we have Com Games Trials finalist, SOPAC and New South Wales swimming representative, Mr. Ryan Roach. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Robbie, yourself? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Very good. Uh, for all the listeners out there today, I am coming to you from the studio up in Brisbane. Whereabouts have we caught you today? Uh, I'm currently at a beautiful, picturesque lake in uh, Western Australia. Uh, just looking out on the lake, a few swans, very nice, good weather. So no complaints where I'm, where I'm at nice. right now. Nice, lucky you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mate, before we get stuck into the interview, I just wanted to touch on a little bit of Commonwealth Games stuff on the Gold Coast with you just while I've got you and just yep. get some of your thoughts. Yep. Uh, the swimming wrapped up earlier this week with the Aussie team doing a great job and, and dominating in the pool. Did you get to see much of the competition? Uh, I did, as a matter of fact. It was uh, actually quite inspirational, to be honest. I, I find it absolutely uplifting when you have athletes you know that might be racing on the second third fourth fifth day and you see the Australians perform so strong just to start off with on day one and it just brings the morale up brings everyone up and um i think everyone all of uh the expectation and the hopes of the nation were really met especially with the homecom games there's a lot of uh expectations that australia is going to deliver on a home stage and i think we not only did that, we, we kind of uh, exceeded the expectation of what everyone thought we were going to be able to do so yeah, it was actually quite inspirational, I found. Mate, you must have been stoked with your, your former training partners, uh, Matt Wilson and Brad Woodward. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that not many people know about um, Matthew Wilson is I think he's honestly one of the most humble guys going around. He's uh, originally from the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, so uh, a bit of a different location, but he's extremely humble. Um, and Brad Woodward as well. Both of them very nice, very humble. Um, and I, I can't be more happy for them. Two nicer guys, two absolutely awesome guys. Uh, very, very down to earth, extremely hard trainers, very consistent with their training. Um, I think they've definitely earned it, and I'm, I'm definitely happy for them. Mate, a lot was made about Emily Seabom's comments referring to the media, how she felt they weren't happy with her not bringing home a gold in the 100 and the 200. But a big take-home for me from all of that was uh, she spoke a bit about social media and she said, I don't know, I just felt like I didn't get off social media and I didn't get into my own head. Uh, she obviously had a lot of people talking to her after the heat swim, telling her she was going to win gold and it was all but hers. And in her own words, she admitted that perhaps she started believing in that rather than staying focused. 
you're a big one on social media with your Instagram and your Facebook. I mean, how hard is it these days for young athletes to stay off that sort of stuff during competition and stay focused? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of um, fun. Uh, social media, you can have a lot of fun with it, um, play around with it, you know, have, do what you want to do, express what you want to express. But at the same time, there comes a serious side to it when you've got other things going on that takes priority, of course. And uh, one of those things is racing. I think one of my biggest inspirations is a guy called LeBron James, American basketball player. Yeah. And uh, every time each year before the uh, NBA playoff starts, always puts up a black photo, just a plain black photo and says, all right, I'm, I'm zoned in now, guys. No more. Like, I'm not listening to anyone. So it's not just um, swimmers that should do it. It's actually other athletes that do it from other sports that also get off social media when it's time. But I think there's a, t- there's a, there's a, a place to do it. There's a time and a place to put stuff, off, stuff up on social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, around the Commonwealth Games, I don't think it's the best time to uh, be getting on it when, you know, things can get inside your head. Um, you can... You can hype yourself up for no no absolute reason, I guess. So, and I guess everyone would would do it differently, wouldn't they? Some people do, um, obviously, get caught up in it, but some other people might handle it differently as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, some people might get absolutely hyped up, and it might actually work to their advantage, where uh, you know it gives them that, the confidence they need or um, whatnot. But others obviously can bring them down a bit more pressure. Um, they might go half a second over their PB, but because of all the hype, they expect to do a three-second PB. So um, you never know. It puts you in situations that you're probably not used to before. Um, so everyone reacts to it differently. What about for yourself? How do you deal with it? Do you, do you get after um, yourself? Or? Usually what I like to do, as a matter of fact, is right around competition or just before competition, I like to post uh, you know, a few photos here and there, but still like nothing swimming-related. I like to try and have a bit of fun um, take things away from swimming, not think about swimming too much. So if I do a surfing photo or a skateboard photo or anything, take my mind off it, have a bit of banter with everyone. But um, no no huge swimming-related posts. I think one thing that I see that um, I don't mind, but I'm not the biggest fan of is, say, um, with our Commonwealth Games trials, you saw a lot of people be putting up swimming photos saying, you catch me on Channel 7 um, from, what, like 8 o'clock, 8.30 onwards, um, to watch me swim in the finals yeah. before the competitions even started, which personally I didn't think was the smartest move um, because that obviously just says I'm going to make the final ever and watch me. And I know a few people that did that and did make the finals and that made their heat swim a lot more disappointing than what it could have been. Yeah. So um, it all depends how you go about it. But for me, I like to have a little bit more fun with it um, and take not not really focus on swimming or what's, uh, what's a yeah. not. So probably yeah. a smarter option. Um, yeah, mate. Before we get into the now and what's happening with you at the moment, uh, I just want to yep. first take the listeners back to where it all started for you. Where did yep. the Ryan Rose swimming story begin? Um, I was at uh, a beautiful club in Castle Hill called the Hills Swimming Club. Um, it was absolutely unreal. So I, that was why I first learned to swim. First learned to swim. I was roughly eight or nine years of age. Um, it was a nice outdoor pool and everything. So that. That, for me, was where I first enjoyed swimming. Um, yeah, for, I, I still, I've actually, last time I was there, as a matter of fact, was roughly three weeks ago. Still go for a swim from now now and then. Um, it's a wonderful pool and sort of likes to keep me grounded a little bit from like sort of a humble beginning there. Is that where you d- did the majority of your swimming as a youngster or did you um, move around yeah, yeah, clubs? I've, I know a lot of younger swimmers do move clubs. I would say so. That's where I spent majority of my years, yeah, up until I was about, 
Um, maybe 19 yep. was when I moved to Cylindic Park, but until then I was um, usually at the hills majority of the time, and that's where I've got probably, I'd say, most of my best memories growing up at that swimming club. So a lot of good people around the area, a lot of good swimmers I've met um, through there. So, yeah, absolutely no regrets there. I think it was absolutely unreal. Yeah, were you a natural swimmer when you first started or did you have to work pretty hard to, to improve? Uh, no, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, I worked extremely hard and uh, nothing ever came easy. I think um, I could only really do a little bit of breaststroke like pretty well, but all other strokes were very, very uh, average, I guess you could say. I worked extremely hard, extremely hard. Didn't get a whole lot of results, but I think what kept me in the pool the most was just the friendships that I had, um, meeting so many good people, and I, I just kind of enjoyed the environment of swimming with swimming with your friends each day staying fit with your friends each day meeting new people um and i just thought it was kind of important especially in australia uh, being so warm it's just nice to get into cold water here and there so that's probably what kept me in the sport for uh the years that i did and um yeah so many lifelong friends from it probably got a little bit more competitive when i was about 15 or 16 yeah um there was some state age competitions and realizes actually doing quite well in the in the breaststroke and thought you know maybe i can actually step this up i don't know how far i can go but that's when i really started to put my head down and say you know what i'm going to fix up my diet i'm going to fix up a few things um start focusing a little bit more on recovery a little bit more um and see how far this can take me i guess one thing i notice these days with swimmers is certainly they get pushed into being swimmers from a very early age. And, and I always think it's important. I think a lot of coaches I talk to as well think it's important for younger swimmers to uh, experience other sports and, and have a bit more of a life before they get full on with swimming. Did you play any other sports as a kid? Um, yeah, I completely agree with that, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I played a rugby union back in the day. I was at Yattenden Park every Sunday morning playing um, for the Hills Rugby Club. And that was awesome. Like, it's a bit of a contrast, swimming and then, like, the, phys- the physicality of rugby. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Another team sport. And um, I just kind of realized, uh, roughly about 14 or 15, that unfortunately I didn't exactly have the size required for rugby. And I think I was just starting to get injured a little bit too much. So that's what sort of made me go a little bit more towards swimming. But I think it's important because um, it takes away from the pressure of one sport because you've got other sports going on. And at the end of the day, you know, you want to put your, your foot in completely in one sport uh, a bit later on in life when you know what you want yeah yeah i was gonna so. say mate just with your size you'd be out on the wing wouldn't you <laughs> mate i was a running back i had some speed but um I was, I was always drilled into the ground every time picked up and i was ragdolled i guess you could say <laughs> uh picked up and thrown about quite easily so i can imagine um mate for those of you for those <laughs> who don't know your brother kieran is a triathlete and a, a really good one growing yep. up was it ever competitive between the two of you in the pool uh it was slightly but at the same time it was very uh it's good competition i think both of us really wanted uh, the best for each other, so we'd help each, help each other out with different things, whether it was I'd go for a run with him or something, or uh, we'd go for a swim together. I'd teach him something that I learnt, like a drill that I've learnt, or I'd, he'd teach me you know, something that he's learnt. So we kind of helped each other a lot. It wasn't overly competitive, but at the same time, it was definitely... Um, you know, if, if if I beat him on a Monday morning freestyle aerobic session, like he would be, he would go very quiet for a while. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, of course. I'm not gonna lie, I, I was, he beat me more than I beat him growing up. So, uh, 
Yeah, definitely. I have uh, three brothers, and yeah, definitely. I think once when it comes to brothers, it doesn't really matter. It's always going to be a bit competitive at times. Yeah, absolutely. There's no denying it. <laughs> Mate, Nationals is in a week down in Sydney. Uh, talk to me about the first time you made Nationals. Uh, where were um, you? What event was it? And do you remember your reaction? Yeah, I do remember. It was, I believe it was the national qualifying meet, and I was lucky enough to qualify for the 13 years 200 breaststroke. Um, I was just, just made it, um, and I was absolutely stoked. There, I think we had a squad of roughly about 10, and I think I was one of the last people in our squad to get the, get the time. So I was super lucky. I felt a fair bit of pressure because I knew a lot of people, uh, my age actually made, made nationals. Uh, and one thing I learned is that it actually took me a few years to actually swim fast at nationals. Uh, I know for some kids that swim very fast the first year, but I know it took me a few years to start doing PBs at nationals because I think the, uh, that was a huge meet for me. And I was sort of learning to cope with nerves and cope with, you know, expectation, everything. So, yeah. Would you say, uh, I guess, not that the job was done, but when you got that qualifying time that within yourself, you sort of felt like you'd made it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you don't expect a lot of the things, like you don't expect what's coming next. So all of a sudden, you know, they'll ask for a photo with accreditation. You're like, oh, wow, there's going to be sort of security there just to mind the event. So you kind of feel like you're, you know, a person, a pretty qualified person, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the hype's there already um, and you don't know what you're stepping into, of course. So you kind of, a sense of you is 100% like I'm, I'm pretty content with this. I'm very happy with this. Mm. Um, but it sort of depends how competitive you are at a young age of how much further do you want to go. And for me, at a very young age, I was very quite content with a good time. It took me a while to get that huge competitive drive to keep going further and further and further, even after good times. So, yeah. Mate, our sport isn't always about those highs of getting the qualifying time for nationals and things like that. And you're now 21, so you've been swimming for a minute. Yep. Talk to me about a point in your career that uh, you were a little bit disappointed with the result. Yeah, so I'd say probably um, Olympic trials in 2016 for, for Rio. I think that was probably uh, the hardest thing to take. Uh, so basically I was moved to SOPAC maybe about roughly a year and a half prior to, to the trials. And uh, I was dropping time like it was nothing. Like I was absolutely flying. I was in great form. And um I think, like you said earlier before, like Emily Seabom, I suppose that was almost like me, how I kind of gave into, not necessarily the media, but a lot of messages from my friends and family and a lot of the hype I was I was believing because I was, um, as I said, every time I was touching water, I was dropping time. And I think yeah. as good as it was, and I was leading into great form for that competition, I remember diving into the, to the heats uh, of the 200 breaststroke at the trials and I, ha I almost forgot, like, how to do breaststroke. Like, I, I dived in and everything felt awkward and weird yeah. just simply because my head wasn't on straight. And that's probably my, the hardest swim is that I was lucky enough to make the final, um, but then after that, I kind of was way off what I was meant to do and what I could have done and completely stuffed up the race plan and it's simply learning, I suppose, about those nerves, I guess. So, How did you react to that after the race? Um, I was absolutely devastated and the, the problem I think the hardest part was is I think I told a lot of my friends uh, that you know I was a great chance of maybe meddling not sure if I'd make it but I definitely thought I'd you know get some camera time look cool in front of my friends and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately not that's that's the one thing that I think I got really spooked a little bit I guess you could say with uh, seeing Channel 7 
um, previewed all over and you see cameras everywhere and you kind of think, oh my God, like primetime television, this is me, blah, blah. You have all these things going on in your head, all these dreams of winning and all the lights are on you and all the fame and everything, but it's very easy to get carried away with all that stuff. And I think that's exactly what happened to me and um, sort of almost draining, I suppose you could say. Like before I got behind the blocks, I pretty much swum the race 200 times before I even started. So that's all it was. Yeah. How did you get back on track? Was that a learning experience for you? Did you get better um, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's the one thing is that what I did is I tried, I think for me, what I like to do is not talk too much swimming with uh, a lot of my friends. So even leading into big competitions, I won't say much about it or anything. We usually just talk anything, um, maybe Instagram related or anything. That's what I, that's what I like to talk about a little bit, but, um, you know, what might the next upload be? But for me, like, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in pressure so much, um, leading into nationals um, besides the pressure that you put on yourself. Um, so you can only control what you can control. So, yeah, the more pressure you put on yourself, the less chance you have of going well. So I suppose I like to keep my mind out of it a little bit. Mate, mate talking of big big meets, Com Games yep. trials, um, yep. you were there. You, you finaled in the 200 breaststroke. But what was the build-up like to that? Um, it was pretty good, to be honest. Um, I don't think... It, it was kind of, for me, it was a bit of a surprise that, oh, wow, I'm actually here. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, you, you see Commonwealth Games trials 10 weeks, 9 weeks, 8 weeks, 7 weeks away. They keep building down, and it really doesn't sink in until you're finally on the Gold Coast and you're actually racing in the pool. So it's one of those things that you just doesn't sink in until you're finally there. But it was honestly such an amazing pool. I think it was probably my favorite setup of a, a race competition that I've ever been at. So, um, You're a fan of the facilities, the outdoor setup? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's it's very nice to take it from the uh, indoor, the usual indoor facilities, uh, change it outdoor. I, my, my only criticism is that I wish it might have been a little bit earlier because I think a lot of the athletes battled, including myself, from training indoors um, to then racing at sort of midday in peak peak heat weather outdoors. But what I think the important thing to remember is that everyone's in the same boat, so there's no point complaining or changing anything. So. Uh, but you would I must have liked say, the, it was the opportunity to get a tan, though, mate. Oh, believe me, I did. I think we had one guy in our squad who, um, it was on day one. Got he was only went for like a small paddle in the water, maybe there for about 45, 50 minutes swim, pretty easy. Completely red, raw, burnt. So um, that's how easy it is, I guess. That you saw a lot of people not just tanned but red. So mm. there's a difference between tanning weather and burning weather, and I think that was one of the burning weather, unfortunately. <laughs> learning, learning experiences for everyone. Absolutely, mate. You made the final, as I said, in the 200 breaststroke. But let's just yep. take a, a step back first. How'd you feel going into your heat swim? Um, I wasn't overly sure to be honest like I, I not that I was doubting myself mentally but physically I was very up and down like one day I was very quick the next day I was very slow and uh, I did feel a little bit sluggish but I felt sluggish before and swam quite well so either way I was just happy to get out there to be honest like as you get older you're the, you're the less you kind of think about how your body feels and the more you just kind of get of you know I don't care if I feel good or bad or anything I'm still going to race it the way I want to race it so um yeah went out there raced not the result i was hoping for but nevertheless um just happy to to get out there and race and you got in the final you went to 16 61 and you made the final which is a great achievement 
Yeah. One of my favourite parts of swimming is the mental side. Talk me through your afternoon between the heats and the finals. What do you do? Do you nap? Do you play Xbox? Do you go for a walk? What do you do? Um, yeah, well, it's important to take your, your mental uh, the mental side out of as much as you can and try and take your, your mind away from the pool. So what I see a lot of people do as well, they might go on Meet Mobile and look through the results, you know, studying where people might have gone quicker than them and stuff. But for me, I want to completely stay off it. So I always try and stay off my phone as much as I can. Um, usually go back to the apartments, go for a bit of a sleep. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a beach down the road, so wait till, I waited till it cooled down a little bit. So went and sat on the sand for a little bit, um, sort of just relaxed, unwind. Um, yeah, so not much to it, just mainly I think staying off your phone as much as you can and not yeah. talking or thinking about swimming is probably the, the best thing you can do, the best way you can go about it, I'd say. Just getting away. Um, yeah, absolutely. And one thing as well is that I know a lot of people do is they might listen to a lot of pump-up music and try and get, you know, really G'd up a few hours before their race, but that's probably one thing I used to do. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, anything just relax, 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 even if it's relaxing music, anything you can do to... If it's a TV show or anything, that's that's usually how I go about it. We're back at the pool now and the warm-up's done and you're sitting in marshalling. Give us a little insight into your thought process. Uh, well, okay, for my, my thought process from the beginning was that personally I was thinking um, I could definitely snag a spot if I really wanted to, like possibly third at best. Yep. But more than likely, not. And the, the, the thing is that I'm quite quite realistic with it all. Um, and I honestly believe that if a few people didn't put it together from the nerves or anything, and I really put it together like the way I was hoping I could, um, maybe third, but I was going to have to swim out of my skin. So my, my plan was to go out there and have fun and just not – I didn't have any pressure. I didn't feel any pressure. And I didn't need to either way. I wasn't in lane four or lane five or anything, you know. So I just wanted to go out there and have fun. So – for me, I was actually really super excited, to be honest, because looking around, you definitely saw a few nerves, and here was I smiling, you know, ready to go. So yeah. so you do go through your race plan in the marshalling? I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago to Jess Shipper, and she said she used to like just to not even think about a race and just have a chat to people. You you went through your race plan? Um, no, usually not. As I, I'm kind of like Jess Shipper as well. I think um, I learned a lot from the Rio trials where, I would sit in the marshing area, huge pump-up music, put a lot of pressure on myself. But this time, I just kind of sat in the marshing area, uh, relaxed a fair bit, uh, talked to a few people. They have a little TV in there. We can watch the other swimmers swimming. So watched a bit of that. Um, and it's kind of relaxed and unwind. And I was just looking forward to the final, I guess. So, Mate, you stepped out on pool deck under the bright lights. You dive in, in the final, and you go three seconds over your heat swim. What yep. changed between the morning and the night game plan-wise? Um, I think, again, in the morning, I was very sluggish, felt very tired. Um, and warming up in the afternoon, I knew I felt exactly the same. I didn't feel significantly any better than I was hoping for. My energy levels were still quite low, unfortunately. Um, so I knew, I was. I said I said to my coach, I said, I'm going to get the rate up like I need to and really get after it. Because in the morning, I was swimming a little bit too safe, um, thinking that I'd have a back end, the second 100, which I didn't. Yeah. Um, so I knew, I said, you know... It, I'm willing to risk it here. Not absolutely go out in world record pace, but I did definitely want to go out, notice a bit quicker and swim it, have a bit of intent, I suppose, a bit of a bit of character in the way I swam. So, you know, if I die, I die, but um, I, I really did want to get out after it and see how I'd go. So if I was, if I had any chance of making the Commonwealth Games, the, the plan was to get out after it in the first 100 and see, see if I can hang on or 
see how I can go. So I kind of have no regrets with that. So, yeah. Since Com Games trials, mate, you've decided to make a few changes to your training, which yep. um, we'll get to in a second. Was that swim the catalyst for the change or is that something you'd been thinking about for a while? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. So I've been with a coach called Yob from SOPAC. And I can honestly say that he's probably hands down the best coach I've ever, I've ever been with to date. I think he's absolutely unreal. Uh, such an awesome guy. And um, we got along ex- extremely well, extremely well. We barely had any arguments. You know, all we had was great productive conversations. We're always on the same page. But I think for me, for, I needed a bit of a change, more, more of a lifestyle change. I think uh, Sydney just wasn't necessarily offering the change I was kind of hoping for. Um, I love surfing. I love being around the beaches. I love skating and, and all that. But I think where I'm at, Sydney Olympic Park, is just a little bit far away from all that stuff. And the Sydney traffic was sort of running me down a little bit. So I knew I needed some sort of change. Um, so that's what I've been looking around for, I guess you could say. Yeah. So obviously, as we just t- yeah decided to leave SOPAC and New South Wales swimming and head somewhere else to train, have you made a decision of where else you're, you're going? Uh, so as I, as I said before, I'm currently in Perth, um, training at the UWA West Coast Squad. Uh, there's some absolutely awesome characters in there, absolutely loving the, the training there. So um, I'm actually uh, considering coming over, to be honest, uh, to Perth. I think Perth swimming's on the rise. Um, we're very where we tra- where we train. It's very close to the beach. Yep. Um, it's an absolutely awesome area. It's not that busy, but it's also at this time at the same time it's not overly quiet. So it's just got that nice level, I guess, to it. Um, and it seems like a, a beautiful place to live. So I think for me, it gives me that lifestyle change that I need. Uh, sort of gives me a, a, a bit more purpose, a bit more motivation again to keep going through it because I know the, the swimming the swimming circuit can be quite grueling. So I think change can be a good catalyst for that. So, yeah. Mate, we talk about, obviously the future and, and looking forward. I'm assuming now the future is, is Olympic trials 2020? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Looking very forward to it. So um, I'm in absolutely no rush. So I've had uh, roughly six weeks off since trials. Yep. And I've just started back again this week, um, nine sessions in the pool. So absolutely hurting, stink city, but no complaints. Um, so absolutely no rush to get back into it. Uh because there's nothing huge to, to, to train for for the moment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as I said, the next the, the next big goal, long-term goal, is definitely 2020 Olympics. So we'll see how that goes. But one thing that I've learned from this this whole sort of um, swimming, swimming adventure, this swimming journey, is more so that how to handle pressure, how to get the best out of myself. And I'm, I'm glad that I've had those bad experiences, I guess, at at Rio and everything that I, I now know how to swim it, how to, how to handle myself mentally and physically and everything. So by the time 2020 comes around, I'm absolutely no doubt. So now I'll know exactly what I'm doing and um, I'll know how to handle myself. Be ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. So it should be, should be in prime condition then. Mate, when I found out you were heading over to WA uh, to pursue yep. your swimming, first thing, I was really excited for you and the next chapter of your career, but I couldn't help but think, why not New South Wales? I'm, I'm from New South Wales and I know they have some great facilities, including SOPAC, where you were from. Yep, Is there yep. anything New South Wales swimming could have done or could have been offering that would have enticed you to stay and continue your swimming with them? Or was this purely, as you just said before, a lifestyle change decision? Um, it was more so a lifestyle change decision. Um, 
I think basically my again I said to my coach um, I said hypothetically if the if probably the best renowned coach in swimming Australia say Michael Bowl were to come and join Sydney Olympic Park yeah. I'd still probably leave interstate just personally because I felt like I need that change so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who who it was or you know how how much credentials they have it wasn't any sort of personal vengeance to leave it was yeah. more so just just for me yeah. but i think new south wales is a, is a great place to train still nevertheless um there's still some very strong clubs there um still some awesome people there um and i know i know at some of the some of the clubs around so i think around knox abbotsley especially there's some, a lot of young good swimmers coming through trinity as well yeah young good swimmers coming through sopak as well so i think the future's bright there so yeah, I just think for me, uh, lifestyle change is the best. So that's why WA is probably the next next place on the list. What did mum and dad say when you told them you were leaving? Oh, it was definitely, definitely a very tough conversation to have. Um, the hardest part, I think, is just knowing that I've sort of lived with them my whole life, I guess you could say. So at some stage, I do need to move on. Um, so I think this is the stage to move on. So... I suppose I'm I'm 21 now, so I'm, I'm coming to the coming to the, the end of swimming. Not soon, but you know, I suppose it's it's coming up eventually. So it's best to make this move now rather than never. So if there's a time to do it, it's probably probably now. So out on your but, own, mate, but, are, you, are you a good cook? Are you going to eat? Um, oh, I'm quite good. Like I'm not. I'm obviously not the best. Um, I'm absolutely. I, I fancy myself at breakfast. I think I'm absolutely great with cooking breakfast, but dinners I'm, I'm quite average to be honest. So. There's definitely a lot of room for improvement there, so we'll, we'll live and learn, I guess. It's, it's a good way to, um, I, suppose, uh, I suppose, evolve from before, so Grow yeah. Grow up and mature. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, it takes a long time. I still have and my wife still makes dinners because I ruin <laughs> them when I try and do them, so it does take a lot of time. Yeah, I know, I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough not to go the, the fast food option from time to time, <laughs> but we'll see how we go. Mate, just off swimming for a second outside of the pool, you do like to get up to a lot. Um, if anyone yep. that follows you on Instagram knows, you're always out and about doing something. Yep. What are your favourite things to do on the weekend? Um, okay, what I like to do on Instagram is I like to follow a lot of uh, sort of photographers and see what they do. So usually if you follow a lot of photographers, you'll see some pretty amazing locations. Uh, and usually I like to go and see, okay, where are these locations? How far travel are they? And I like to usually explore, see where they are, see these you know hidden places that I've never been before, uh, and take photos there. So that's usually what I like to do, um, as well as obviously like surfing and skating. I'm, I'm big into those two. But besides that, I'm, I'm huge into sort of looking around, maybe w- finding waterfalls, anything like that. Um, yeah, nice scenic places. Just any anything anything for Instagram that I can capture, I'll try and get. <laughs> When we redo this interview in two years' time, mate, what will I be adding to my intro about you? Um, I would hope that you'd be able to add an Olympian, Ryan Roach. Yeah. Um, and in, in two years' time, who knows where I might be? You know, I mean, I might, might be in Perth still, or might be moving back to Sydney. Um, who knows? That's, I think that's just the, the best thing is that you kind of don't know where life will take you and we'll just see where this goes. But, yeah, I, I like to think that in two years' time, after all the hard work that I'll be doing in the pool, uh, I should hopefully have some fair chance at making Olympics for 200 breaststrokes. So we'll see how we go. I hope so too, mate. I hope so too. Uh, what piece of advice would you give to young swimmers coming through? Um, one piece of advice I have to say is, I think for me, I was never a great age group swimmer. 
Um, I only made my first national final at 18 years of age in a 200 breaststroke in Sydney, which I was lucky enough uh, to make uh, with a, a huge PB in the heats. Um, but then a year later, when I was 19, I was lucky when I was lucky enough to uh, get my first national open medal in the 200 breaststroke short course. So that's probably the, the, the biggest thing is that you may not be, you know, winning and doing as well as you want in age group swimming, but if you hold on, hold in there a little bit longer, you might do a lot better than you expect. So yeah. I suppose I was a very, very late developer. Uh, and the more you hang in there, the, the better chance you have of, um, you know, achieving the goals that you want to achieve in the sport. So, Absolutely. What a great way to finish up, mate. Thank you very much for coming on Off the Blocks and sharing some terrific stories. Uh, good luck over there in the West. I know we're all right behind you in support and very much looking forward to, to seeing how you go. Thank you very much, Robbie. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully do this again soon and um, hopefully nothing but solid results from my, from my front. So we'll see how we go. Definitely, mate. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Before we finish today's show, I just wanted to say that I am very excited and pleased to announce that Funky Trunks have come on board Off The Block Swimming Podcast as a sponsor for the show, which is absolutely awesome news. Funky Trunks and Funkita are a great brand with some of the best training togs going around. Over the next few weeks, we'll be doing some fantastic prize giveaways, so make sure you guys stay tuned so you don't miss out. Next week... We have the one and only Libby Trickett joining us for a chat. I cannot wait for you guys to hear some of her stories and insights into the sport. It's going to be a cracker of a show. Make sure you don't miss it. But until then, thank you again for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We'll see you all next week. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Oh.